birthday for all of those who don't believe in God. And that's today, April Fool's Day. Because the fool, Psalm 14 says, has said in his heart that there is no God. But I don't know about you, but I celebrate the resurrection every week. Right here, whenever we partake of the Lord's Supper and we commemorate the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I celebrate that every day. Someone a long time ago said we need a a special day to try to put it on that day that he arose, and I say that's all right, because worldwide it draws attention to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so as long as more attention is drawn and people come out to worship him, then I say that that's a good thing. You know, and to call it Easter, you know, Easter isn't just um, an American tradition. It's a tradition that is international. Did you know the, the uh, Tarahumara Aztec Indians down in Mexico is celebrating Easter today? You know how they do it? They drink corn whiskey, they slaughter a goat, and they say, whoever your God is, just praise him today. That's how they do it. You know, there's bizarre habits. I googled Easter traditions and you get all kinds of them from all over the world. But you know one of the most bizarre ones? One of the most bizarre Easter habits or traditions that there is that tries to explain the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is some places actually take plastic or real Easter eggs and they put candy in them And they hide them and tell the kids to go find them. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that a bizarre way to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection? But whatever whatever fits, that's a great thing for me. Um, I just say praise God that He arose again. And uh, if you're with me there in Revelation chapter 1, I want to read this to you. It starts out in verse 1. And it says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants. This book was written and designed to reveal Jesus to us. It's his revealing. It's to show who he is and what he is. And it's what God wanted him to show to us. And down there in verse 3, it's the only book that makes an audacious statement. It says that if you read me, you'll be blessed. Read me, and I will bless you. And so that's what we've been doing. You know, we started this back in November. We started in November 5th, I think it was, the book of Revelation, chapter 1. And now we're on chapter 3. And I wondered, I have to be honest with you, ever since Christmas, I have wondered where God would stop us at on Easter. Would it be at a relevant passage that was for us today... Or would I have to divert off of that and pick out something else? And so last Sunday, after we talked about the cross and everything that happened for Jesus to go to there, and we left him in the tomb for a week to come out today, but what is he going to give us? So the first thing I did was went home and opened up the book of Revelation again to see where we left off at. And we left off with these verses. And I said, you know what? There's not a more pertinent subject for the church today and America today than where you stopped us at, Lord. And we're going to stay there. So if you're at Revelation 3 now with me, verse 14 through 16 reads like this. To the angel of the church 
of the Laodiceans write, These things say the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And I know, I know people saying, really, for Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, that's what you decided to talk about. He's going to vomit us out of his mouth. No, I want to talk about who we are and what we are and how our walk of life is before him. Because if you look up there at verse 22 on our slide, that's the ending of this section. And it says, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So this is what the Lord wants us to know today. He's saying, I hope you have an ear. I hope you're listening. Let it sink in because this is what I want you to know about dangerous territory ahead. These passages and this message is from Jesus Christ himself to his church. And it starts off there in verse 14 again with, To the angel, or to the messenger, actually, of the church, right? Now that may not mean a lot to you. And you might skip over that as you're reading it. But you know what? To me, it makes me sit up and take notice. I have to take this serious because at the moment... You've chosen me to be your messenger at this church, and so is he. And so when it says to the messenger of the church, write to say these things, this is what I'm supposed to tell you. And so I take notice at that. My life depends upon that. I take an examination before the Lord every week that what I say has to be truthful and helpful to you in your life. And so this is my examination, and he says, teach this. The church is a group of people gathered together to worship God. We come together, we sing praises like we did. We pray, we fellowship, we commune with the Lord. But did you know that most of all, God has designed the church. The word means the called out from. You're called out from the world to be gathered together as a body of Christ in a place. You know why? Of utmost importance is the church is the classroom. The church is where we open the word of God and break the bread of life to each other. And we learn the way he wants us to be in this life. And so he designed it that way because you have privacy. And you say that don't make no sense pastor. Privacy look how many people's in this building today. By preacher count it's about 430. And. You say, how can it be so private with all of these people? Well, if I was just teaching you one-on-one, it wouldn't be private, would it? And the message would be directly to you, and you would know that, oh, he's revealed everything about me. But when you're in an audience, what you realize is that you actually have privacy. Because only you know whether it applies or not. Only you know whether this is what you needed for this one. And then the next person gets the next word or the next sentence. So you have privacy. So now as we get ready to examine ourselves. I want you to put on your best poker face. Don't give your hand away. As we go through the word of God here. Because the next thing that he says is. is Tell the church. These things say the amen. 
the one who is the faithful and the true witness, the one who is the beginning of the creation of God. I, Jesus, am the beginning and the end. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He is the beginning, the end. He is the amen. So be it. And then he says this. What I'm about to say is faithful and true. And it's what you need to know. I know your works. And I don't know about you, but now he's got my attention. Because as God Almighty, the omniscient God who knows everything, he says, I know everything about you. I know not only what you did, but I know your thoughts, your intents, good and bad. I mean, most of us have done great things. I don't see too many people here who do not do that. So y'all are on a good scale. But he says, I know everything about you. And he gives this. He says, you are neither cold nor hot. So with the church being the classroom and you're neither cold nor hot, to me that sounds odd, doesn't it? I mean, look what he continues to say. He says, I could wish that you were cold or hot. Uh, But because you're not, you are lukewarm. I will vomit you out of your mouth. And I say, I, Chihuahua. Now, why would the Lord, stay with me here. Why would the Lord say, I could wish that you were code? That's not logical. I thought code was like bad. You know, it's the worst. It's like the F on the grading scale. Code would be F. I'm a C student. That's lukewarm. That's middle of the road. I skated by. I didn't have to take my books home. I wasn't that hot person. I wasn't straight A's. But I was C and I made it through. I was overlooked. How could you say that you would rather me be code than lukewarm, middle of the road? Well, we're going to find out here because in the Lord's classroom, He doesn't grade us the same way that we got graded in school. There's different scenarios and these things represent the walk of life that we are in now. We're either code, hot, or lukewarm in our walk. And this is where you have to to decide where you're at in that. You know, the reason that He can say, I wish you were code, because code has an easy fix. Code is a person who does not believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So, the Scriptures say that if you would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. If you will believe in the name of the only begotten Son, you are buried with Him in baptism as an affirmation of that faith. You are a child of God and you have moved from code to hot. So, code is an easy fix. And that's why He can say, I could wish... That you were code. Because code has an easy fix. Same thing with hot. Hot is an easy fix. Because if you're hot. You know I think it was Jerry Reed way back in the 70's. When you're hot you hot. And when you're not you're not. So if you're hot you're already there. You just keep on keeping on. You just keep doing what you're doing. Because you are already what you're supposed to be. And a person that's hot. Is someone who has believed in Jesus Christ as their Savior. They are now trying to walk in His way. You're using the Word of God. When you've got a problem in life, see, the problem in life without Christ is to believe in Him. When you've got a problem in life after you've believed in Him, 
You rely on the Word of God. You rely on prayer. Now, there's categories in the Bible. Am I have something like depression or anxiety or fear. Well, he said 365 times, do not fear. Cast fear away from you. Have no fear. I am with you always. So that's once for every day of the year that he says, there's something in the word of God about not having fear. What about if I have a health issue? What about if I've got another concern? There's categories in the word of God that pertain to that. And then we go and take that into the Lord in prayer. And if you still need some help. Then you seek out somebody who's mature Christian. That can help provide answers through the word of God. So when you're hot, you're hot. And you stay that way. By staying in the path and staying in the word. And therefore the Lord can say. I could wish that you were hot or cold. And I like that word hot. Did you know. That in the original language, it's zestos, where we get zesty. Man, I like that. When you're hot, you're zesty. You, you've got some zip and zing to you in your life. And the Lord says, I wish that you were that. Hot is good. In all of these letters to the six churches we've been through so far, to every one of them, to those who were walking in the way, was only admonition. He would say either, hold fast to what you have. Be an overcomer. Be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. So it's always about perseverance and keeping on with what you're doing and don't let go and stay true to the path. So that's what you do when you're hot. But now we get to lukewarm. What happens whenever you get with lukewarm? Well, Laodicea, this city that he was writing to, most great cities are on a waterway, either a river or a lake or something. Not so with Laodicea. Let me tell you about Laodicea. They were about three to five miles from the nearest water, and that was a hot spring. But what Laodicea did have was engineers. And what you see above you is the actual pipeline from over 2,000 years ago where the Laodiceans had to take chunks of rock, hollow them out, and put the tubes in there and drain water on a pipeline down the hill from three to five miles away from the hot springs down to their town. But there was two problems with that piped-in water. First problem, minerals. You know, Martinsville was known as the artesian city, the the mineral springs. We didn't have nothing on Laodicea. Their springs were so loaded with minerals that it would clog those up. When they designed them, they put holes in the top so that they could clean out the lines from all the sediment of the minerals. And the other problem too is, is by the time it gets from the hot springs to Laodicea, guess what it is? Lukewarm. He says, you're not hot, you're not cold. You see, there was two other towns in that Lycus Valley that was by water. And Colossae, where the scriptures to the Colossians was written to, they had cold springs. They had that refreshing cold spring to drink from, and everyone knew it. Hierapolis, another town, had hot springs that they used as saunas and spas, and people would travel there on vacation to chill out. 
But Laodicea, you're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. So that's why the Lord is describing their condition in this way. Because they knew all about hot, cold. You're neither one. You're lukewarm. And that's what you have. And guess what you get when you have lukewarm water that is filled. And I mean absolutely filled with minerals and deposits. You know what you get? A big word called an emetic. Uh, that's a word that means it makes you throw up. Makes you vomit. Whenever visitors would come to town, you know, if you've ever been to some places in Mexico, they would say, don't drink the water. Yeah, you get uh, the, the rage of that one guy that was down there. I forget his name. But his revenge, Santa Ana's revenge or something. But here, you would take a drink. You'd come into town and you would take a big drink of lukewarm, mineral-filled water and you would immediately... Display the contents of your stomach. They were, uh, they were ingenious. Because what they did is they turned that into a medical center. And they said that we can cure your ills by getting rid of everything that's in you. And people would come there and spend a week or two to just drink and regurgitate that to cleanse themselves. And there's people today who do cleansings of colons and different things to cleanse their bodies and to try to make them feel better. But that was the water of Laodicea. That's what they had. They were lukewarm, filled with that stuff, and it would make you want to vomit whenever you drank it. So in other words, they're getting a taste of their own medicine from the Lord when he says you're neither hot nor cold, but you are lukewarm, and therefore you make me want to vomit just like the people that come to your town do when they drink your water. You no longer want to live to please me. You don't walk with me. You don't even think about me anymore. You live your own life and you do what you want to do. And that is what makes me sick. Being lukewarm, you all know what it means. And that is you. And then he makes this statement. I could wish that you were hot or cold. And again, we found out why. It's an easy fix to be cold. To believe in Christ. You're already fixed if you're hot. But my question is Lord. Why is lukewarm so bad? Why is a sea mediocre so displeasing to you? Why does it turn your stomach this way? Well that's what we're going to find out today. Because folks. Lukewarm is a very dangerous place to be. It's not where you want to be. You know what lukewarm is? It's kind of like. A natural state, isn't it? I mean, think about water. Unless it's winter time and it's naturally cold. Most of the time, in a natural state of room temperature, water is lukewarm if it's left there. To be cold, it has to be exposed to a refrigerator or ice. To be hot, you have to have a heat source. So, to be lukewarm then is to kind of be natural. The way... Your body was in the flesh before you became a Christian, right? The fleshly nature, the carnal nature of man is the natural state of the cursed man from the fall of the garden. So therefore, to be lukewarm, what he's referring to is is you are reverting back to your natural state after you've become a Christian. And that is dangerous. Why? Because he knows how easy it is for us to get caught up in life And allow those things to pull us back and away from Him. That's why He says, I could wish 
that you are hot or cold, but you're not because this creates more of a problem. It's harder. Old habits are hard to break, and you cannot break free from those. And that statement is based on his knowledge as creator. You remember how it said that the the one who created all things, he knows his creation, he knows our tendencies, he knows our weaknesses, and he knows our natural state now as a fallen man, and that is to revert back away from the heat source and to go back to being lukewarm. So the truth of that can be explained very deeply in one of the verses in Hebrews, and we're going to have that there on the, on the board next. And I want you to pay real close attention to this because this is why the Lord can say, I wish you were hot or cold and not lukewarm because look what happens when lukewarm starts to revert back to the old way of life. It is impossible for those who were once enlightened. This is Hebrews 6, 4 through 7 for those of you who want to follow along too. It is impossible. Impossible. It's a big word. For those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of the Lord and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, it goes back to that impossible at the beginning, to renew them again to repentance, seeing that they crucify the Lord afresh to themselves and they put him to an open chain did you know that's what happens whenever we become lukewarm and we begin to fall away we actually crucify the lord afresh and put him to an open shame and you say how how does that make sense well let me tell you how you know one of our one of our songs that we sang that we opened up with was hosanna hosanna You know, on that Palm Sunday, just a couple of days before the crucifixion, as Jesus rode into town, what was everybody doing? Hosanna! Hosanna to the Son of David, to the Messiah! Hosanna in the highest! And they were praising Him and putting their coats out and waving their palm leaves, and they were basically saying, Save us! Save us from our condition! You know what they were saying two days later? In the courtyard before Pilate. Crucify him. Crucify him. The same people. Who a couple of days ago. Sang Hosanna. Was now saying crucify him. Points right here at Hebrews 6. We do the same thing. When we say. Lord I accept you. As my savior. Hosanna. Change who I am. I want to follow you. Deliver me from my state of sin. And then a few days later when you say, I'm supposed to do what? And then you say, I don't know about this lordship thing. I don't know about you being lord of my life. I just thought you was going to be my savior and we're good. He says, no, I want you to walk in my path. I want you to stay for me. I want you to tell others about me. And you say, whoa, pull on the brakes. Hebrews 6, just what we read there. We now say, I've tasted of the goodness of the gift. I tasted salvation. I've, I've had the Spirit become a part of me. And now I fall away. And that's why lukewarm is so dangerous. Because it says here, 
it becomes almost impossible to renew them again to repentance. You know why? Because those are the greatest things God has to offer. I gave you my son. He died for your sins. He bore everything for you. All I'm asking you to do is to follow me. And you say, I can't do that. And we revert back to old life. And all we have did is the same thing that the Jews did when they said, Hosanna. And then crucify him. Save me, Lord, but don't tell me what to do. And that's when we crucify him afresh, just like they did. And we put him to open shame. And Jesus says, I didn't die so that you would act this way and that you would feel this way towards me. I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I came to give you blessings and honor and eternal hope and to give you good things. And you are saying, no, you are rejecting who I am. I said, take my yoke upon you. It's easy and light. And you say, no, I don't want your teaching because that's what the yoke was. It was the teaching of the rabbis. All he's asking you to do is to come follow him. But to fall away after that and to become lukewarm is dangerous because then it becomes nigh impossible to stay true to the path when you've done that. Becomes impossible to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. Jesus illustrated this. You know, it's kind of like when you're a farmer and you have to clean your ground and you have to prepare it and you, you sow your seed. The ground was cursed back in that day just like man was cursed. The ground was cursed to bear thorns and thistles. And if you've ever let your garden grow, you're thinking, I didn't plant those things, but they keep growing up. That's what comes natural. Rocks and stones, thorns and thistles come natural to the ground. And that's why we as humans are compared to the parable of the sower that you see here. And Jesus illustrated it by saying, I toss out my word to you. Some are code. Some don't ever want to accept it. The birds will come and eat those seeds. Some are lukewarm. It takes root for a minute. You begin to believe. You say, Hosanna. But then the cares of the world, the thorns, the thistles, the rocks, because it takes effort to keep the garden clean. You've got to hoe all the time. You've got to de-stone all the time. And that's the way it is with our life. The Word of God allows us to take those things out and to walk in the way He wants us to walk. But if we don't, and we become back to lukewarm or a natural state, the cares of this world begin to choke out the Word of God from our lives. And that's why the Lord says, I wish you were hot or cold and not lukewarm because I know how dangerous of a situation that that is. Romans 8 verse 11 says this, and this is what we're going to end up getting ready to leave you with here today. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead will dwell in you, then He who raised up Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit that dwells in you. And that's a promise that you can take to the bank. If you allow the Spirit to dwell in you and be led by that Spirit, 
He promises to your mortal body eternal life. He says then, it continues, Since then we are debtors, not to our fleshly nature and to our fleshly body, to live as we desire. For if we live the way of our natural soil desires, Romans 8 says, according to our flesh we die. But if the Holy Spirit is within us, it puts to death those deeds of our body and we live. As many of us as will allow the Spirit to lead us, it says, they will become the sons of God. So living by the Spirit, living by the Word, does away with the deeds of the flesh and it keeps you from reverting back to a natural state. So as our worship team returns this morning and we we close out this Resurrection Sunday lesson, this is what the Lord desires for us to hear. He He wrote it and says in verse 22 of Revelation 3, If you have an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. This message is a message about natural tendencies of man. And he says, I created you and I know it. I don't want you to go to lukewarm again. I don't want you to go backwards in your walk with me. I have the power to give you everlasting life with one decision that you make. Don't squander that opportunity. As we said at the beginning, it's up to you to, to decide in the privacy of your own priesthood. Where am I at today? Am I code? Have I never believed in Jesus? Have I never been immersed into Him? Well, if you are, then only you know. And you've got the opportunity right now to make that correct. If you're lukewarm, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 tells us, God is faithful and just to do something for you. He says, if you will confess your faults to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive you of every sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That brings you back into the path of hot way again. So whatever condition you are today, I pray that if it's not in one that you want to stay in, that you will make the decision this day to live for Jesus Christ. And to be in that hot category. Let's pray. Father we thank you so much for. Your word and what you would have us to know. And yes we know it's not a a typical. Feel good. Resurrection type of message. We had that at the 8 o'clock hour for sunrise. But at this hour. It was maybe the most important message we'll ever hear in life. The admonition from you who knows us to not give up and not to become lukewarm, but to stay on fire for you. Father, we pray that through your help, through the help of the Spirit and the Word, and also through each of us as the body of Christ with one another, that we prop each other up and that we help keep each and every soul walking the pathway of righteousness to an eternal home with you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for his resurrection. Amen.